Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, but early in the morning he arrived again in the temple area, and all the people started coming to him. He sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and made her stand in the middle. They said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in the very act of committing adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. So what do you say? They said this to test him, so that they could have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and began to write in the ground with his finger. But then they continued to ask him. He straightened up and said to them, Let the one among you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he bent down and wrote in the ground. And in response, they went away one by one, beginning with the elders. So he was left alone with the woman before him. Then Jesus straightened up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She replied, No one, sir. Then Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on do not sin anymore. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you. How do you come here? How do you come here? And what kind of spirit? We have in the gospel two people who come to Jesus. One by choice and one being forced. The scribes and Pharisees by choice come to Jesus to try to test him. To try to control him. To try to get him to do something that they want. The woman, caught in adultery, comes not of her own choosing, not wanting to be there, wanting to be anywhere in the world, right, than than there on the stand. And yet we see that Jesus breaks through this. We, even though that we're not in the same situation that this was 2,000 years ago, Uh, it still speaks to us today, especially as we come here to Mass. Because we can come here with an idea of legalism. An idea that if I come to Mass, if I check off my Sunday Mass obligation, then I'm good, and those who don't, well, bad for them, right? Or we can come with a certain amount of permissiveness, of the fact that God loves everyone, and therefore everyone's going to go to heaven, and it really doesn't matter what we do, right? Which is kind of the modern-day Christianity which lacks all understanding of who God is, right? But Jesus doesn't do either. He's not permissive to the fact that it doesn't matter what we do, and he's also not a legalist, saying you've got to do exactly this or else, right? He's Jesus, and we can't always put him in a box. And he shows that over and over and over again, that just as the scribes and Pharisees think that they have him, he breaks out of it, right? Because he's God, and he controls and decides the situation. 
One of the beautiful uh, phrases uh, that kind of comes up is this idea that Jesus, when he comes to meet us, a lot of the times we see him and we meet him as a judge, right? Jesus is the judge, or maybe we see him as a brother. There's different ways, again, the legalist is going to see God or Jesus as a judge, someone who condemns, someone who either grants, you know, uh, grants the eternal reward or eternal punishment, a judge on the stand. Jesus is the judge, but that's not why he came to earth. And the other one can be a brother, right? And, and that's, I think, a little bit better, right? Someone who walks alongside us, someone who works with us, right? And I love this idea that St. Augustine said of this interaction. He says, at this interaction, misery meets mercy. Misery meets mercy. And I would like that to be our idea of coming here to Mass today. And not just today, but every day, right? Because uh, getting to hear confessions, getting to counsel people, uh, just normal sailors and other things, and getting to be a human person myself who gets to read the news, I know that there's a lot of misery out there, right? A lot of us feel as though we're the only one who has misery. (laughs) We're the only ones who's struggling with this or struggling with that, and everybody else has it together. Or at least most other people have it together. But I'm here to tell you, as someone who gets to look into many people's lives in ways that you don't get to, is that there's misery in this world, right? Even the best families, even the best marriages, even the best families or work or life situation, there's misery, there's difficulty, there's hardship. Now, some days are better than others, absolutely. And some misery is worse than others, absolutely. But we all have certain trouble in our life, certain misery which we deal with day in and day out. And it changes, thankfully, because because life changes. But we have misery. And there's no better place. A lot of the times, the world, of course, its response to misery is to try to distract us. Right? And that's the easiest one, right? Go to some distraction, right? Watch TV, binge on Netflix, right? Or maybe some other addiction, right? You get something to think is about, something other than our misery, something other than our hardship. But Jesus doesn't want us to just ignore it or turn away from it. He wants to meet us in it. And that's the reason why he came, not to condemn us, to meet us, to bring his mercy to us. A lot of the times we feel as though the, mer- the misery that we have overwhelms us. And you can just imagine and feel this woman who by whatever, you know, whatever means, right, traditionally she's a prostitute. How did she get in that profession? Well, probably not by her own choice. Probably by difficulty her entire life. And so through no, you know, kind of just the difficulty of life, forcing her into that, and now 
she's caught in the very act and brought and condemned to death, to be stoned to death. You can just see this overwhelming misery. This overwhelming hardship, which is too much to bear. And you can just imagine her just giving up, right? But, but beautifully, what happens instead, right? Jesus, for whatever reason, did you notice one of the details that I find fascinating is he, he kneels down, he kind of crouches down and writes in the dirt. Kind of writes in the dirt. And you're like, well, we don't know what he wrote. Some scribes just, or some people think that he just was doodling. Just kind of like, yeah, you guys think that this is a big deal. It's not. You know? Kind of like, oh, yeah, you're, you're really bringing the hard hitters, right? Wow. Just doodling in the dirt, right? Just kind of like, hey, this, you know, you're making it such a big thing. Like, it's not a big deal. I mean, it is to a certain extent, right, in the misery that she really is experiencing. But, but this isn't, this isn't earth-shattering, right? And then he, of course, challenges them. And this is where every single time that we come to Mass as a legalist, we should be challenged. Right? Because as we start Mass, we do an examination of conscience, right? Well, shoot, are we going to throw the first stone at the people that we've been struggling with throughout this week? Are we going to throw the first stone? Or wait, wait, no, we've, we've got to recognize, wait, be the one without sin be the one to first throw the first stone, right? No, we recognize that we, we all have sin, right? So we come here in humility, but we also come here, again, like the woman, with a humility as well. With a humility at times of being broken down in such ways that all that we can do is lay in the dirt. But it's there that Christ reaches out in his infinite mercy and saves us and brings us to a new reality. The traditional interpretation of this, that this was Mary Magdalene. It doesn't name it, so we don't know for sure. But the traditional kind of connection is that Mary Magdalene was this woman. Now, Mary Magdalene would go on to be one of, uh, one of the greatest disciples of Jesus, right? And he was often accused, again, of hanging out with prostitutes and tax collectors, right? Jesus when he meets us in our misery, when we allow him to meet us in our misery, that's when things happen. When we come here in pride, in legalism, to try to control him, we go away sad, dropping our stones, and perhaps maybe later, you know, coming around, right, in some ways. Some of the elders, certainly some of them hardened their heart more, and some came around to become disciples of Jesus as well. Or we can just skip that whole phase, right? And come here with hearts of humility. One's recognizing our misery and not being afraid of it. Because guess what? God is bigger than all of our sins. God is bigger than all of our misery. All of the world's misery put together. And Jesus wants to meet us in that. And that's why we come to Mass. We come here to encounter mercy itself. And beautifully, if we do that, both in Mass, as well as I have to give, of course, a plug for confession, right? Because what a great place, again, where misery meets mercy, 
right? This place where Jesus doesn't condemn, right? We go in there and we see our sins and we condemn ourselves. But when Jesus sees our sins, he wants so much more, right? Go and sin no more. I'll also say... One of the other miseries kind of in that connection with confession as well is that a lot of the times we come here and one of the greatest miseries that we have is our shame and self-loathing. So I just want to, again, mention that again, right? That shame, that self-loathing, those other things. Sometimes we're so afraid, right, of God to see that. Don't be, right? God already knows it. But if we don't allow him to see it, if we don't allow the light to shine there, then he can't bring healing, right? When we come here in this mass, just let him see it. Let him see the misery of the attacks of all your thoughts throughout the week, all your failures, all those negative negativity. Allow that misery to be present here to Jesus Christ in this. And I guarantee you that if you bring your misery here. Jesus is not here to condemn you, but he wants to heal you and free you from those and to send you out to go and sin no more. Right? We realize that sin binds us. God wants us to be free from that binding, that misery which we ourselves cause to ourselves. Right? And so go and sin no more. And that's why I hope that if we come in here in humility, God will meet us. And that as the Mass, so we've been focusing on the Mass, of course, and that's your interaction to come here. But the last phrase that we say is go in peace, right? There's a few different phrases, but I always just use go in peace. Thanks be to God, right? Every single time, right? How do you come affects how you go. Mass is not meant to be the only place where you interact with God. It's not supposed to be the only place that uh, God interacts with you, but it is the best place for it. There's no replacement for Mass, right? But it's meant to be mercy. It's meant to be grace so that you can go out those doors and not be the same exact person that you came in here with. But if you don't bring your misery... If you don't bring yourself here to Mass, guess what? You will go out the same exact person that you came in here as. And God doesn't want that. You don't want that, right? We want to be transformed like Mary Magdalene, transformed like this woman caught in adultery, transformed in our humility. And so as we come here, let us come with this great humility and misery so that when we get sent forth, we might know who Jesus is and know who we are as well. That God, in his mercy, loves us, he knows us, he sees us, and he still loves us. Go and sin no more.